0: Praise the Lord. Can you just greet your neighbor that you are blessed today? That you are free today. Tell your neighbor, he or she is free today. From today onward, you are all free. Jesus has died for your sin, and he has set you free. Let's be on our feet once again. As we sing this song, Jesus set me free. I cannot be bound Jesus set me free I cannot be bound Jesus set me free I cannot be bound I cannot be bound Jesus set me free Jesus set me free if Jesus set you free I
1: is dead on
0: free. the cross of Calvary as I lose every band in, in your life. You are free. Jesus, you are free from free. every diseases. You are, you are free. You are free and free forever. I no can more failure. Jesus set me free. to appreciate you, because your death on the cross of Calvary have set us free. We decree and pray, Lord, that your death on the cross of Calvary have declared freedom into our life. Father, we glorify you. We bless your holy name. And I decree into your life that great change of transformation we take effect from today in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. No more limitation in the area of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Every source of mara in your life, because of his death in, on the cross of Calvary, shall turn to the source of sweetness in Jesus' name. Amen. Every bitterness in your life, that Lord God Almighty, will turn into a great source of healing. In your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Comfort is yours. Blessing is yours. Your life, we experience progress and upliftment in the mighty name of Jesus. As we go into your world, Lord, Father, we need your presence. Come and speak your word into our life. Let your name be greatly praised in Jesus' name. Amen. We rebook every spirit of sleep every spirit that may be diverting our attention as we go into your word, Father, we rebuke them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We are free and we are free indeed. Amen. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's have our seats as we put our hand together for Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You see, In this world, no matter how good you are, people that will not like you, will not like you. Use your own life to serve others. Use your own resources to help others. People that will not like you, they will still not like you. When a tree is standing in the bush, everybody is passing by and says, oh, this tree is very good. What do you think will happen to that tree? It will not last. Because it's a good tree. Praise the Lord. So, irrespective of your attitude towards people, people that will develop cold feet concerning you, they will still develop it. Why do they have to kill Jesus? seeing all the miracles that he was doing why did they even think of killing him so today we'll be looking at the the plots to kill jesus and the death on the cross the plot to kill jesus and the death on the cross when i was going through the bible i discovered that luke 22 New King James version titled it, "The Plot to Kill Jesus." Then that drew my attention to read it to see why do they really want to kill Jesus? You see, when Jesus brought Lazarus back to life, some people responded by showing faith in him, but others reacted in fears and hostilities. The Pharisees and Sadducees seen this miracle as a threat to their power. And they do what? They plotted to kill him. Somebody that have just brought someone who died back to life. And this death is a special death after four days. And they decided that the only thing for them to do is to kill him. John 11 46 to 47 it says but some of them went away to Pharisees and told them the thing Jesus did then the sheep priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said what sh- shall we do for this man walk many signs. jealousy upsetting jealousy upsetting the Sadducees and Pharisees Generally, they are not always agree with each other. But in this situation, they agree. Why? Because they want to commit murder. They want to kill somebody. So this time around, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they have common purpose. And that purpose is to get rid of Jesus Christ. At the final week of uh, Jesus Christ's life, just days before his death, all the effort of several religious leaders to create a sort of scandal about Jesus Christ failed. All their plans failed to the extent that they were afraid of asking him questions. And when your enemy plots against you also they will fail. And they will be afraid of coming to you to ask questions. In Luke 20, 39 to 40, then some of the scribes answered and said, Teacher, you have spoken well. But after that, they dare not question him anymore. That is what? Supremacy. Supremacy. They cannot question his authority again. But the next thing is that they have to plot against him. I pray that all your enemies shall be silenced in the mighty name of Jesus. And your foes, they will be afraid to ask you questions in Jesus' name. So, in Mark 12, Mark 12, 38 to 39. Then he said to them in his teaching... Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long rows, love greeting in the marketplaces, and the best seats in the synagogues and the best place of feast. Jesus gave warning to his disciples to beware of the religious leader because of their pride and hypocrisy. That is why he was warning them, These were the same people that want to get rid of him. They were the same people that want to kill him, that all they want to plan is that we must kill this man. Because of what? He is performing a great miracle. And they saw him as a threat to their life. Praise the Lord. So in Luke 22, the attention has shifted from Jesus' interaction with the religious leader and teaching of his disciples, to the event that led to his death. That is, what I've just summarized now is Luke 22, up to 23, even up to 24. Because in 24, we see the account of Jesus' uh, resurrection. But it all begins with a plot to kill him. Now, let us examine this plot to kill Jesus. Turn with me to Luke 22. Luke 22. We'll be reading from verse 1 to 26. Luke 22, 1 to 6, I mean, 1 to 6.
2: Now the feast of the unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them In the absence of the multitude.
0: These simple verses are warning signal to each and every one of us. People that surround you. There's this saying that if the rat in the house has not invited the rat outside, they will not eat the food in the house. So this is a warning. To everybody. That those who are closer to you at times. Might be more dangerous. So let us. At, see the attempt. To kill Jesus. That is verse 1 and 2. Attempt to kill Jesus. It reads. Now the feast of unliving bread. Drew near. Which is called Passover. And the sheep priests. And the scribes sought. How they might kill him, for they fear the people. In verse 1, he, he spoke about the feast of unleavened living bread, Dronia, which is called Passover. This is the festival that is being celebrated by Israelites in a remembrance of when they were delivered in the land of uh, Egypt, when they were in slavery. When they were delivered. So, if you read Exodus 12, that story is there for you. So, every year, people of Israel, around this time, they gather together. They come together to celebrate this festival. It is always celebrated in Jerusalem. And this festival attracts a huge number of people. Even up to today, they still celebrated it. It attracts huge number of people, and anytime this celebration is on, the religious leader, the religious leader knew that there are a lot of crowd, mammon crowd. So this frustrated them. That if we should kill Jesus this time around, there might be problem. So the religious leaders were frustrated because of the miracles and all sorts of wonders that Jesus Christ was performing. And they begin to develop hatred. They begin to develop hatred. And because of various preaching messages and healing, they don't even know how to go about it. They started complaining. About the disciples. Praise the Lord. So the Pharisees. And the scribe. Complained to him about the behaviors of the disciples. Luke 5.33. Luke 5.33. Then they said to him. Why do disciples of John fast often. And make prayers. And likewise those of the Pharisees. But yes, eat and drink. What is their business? What is their business? That the disciples of Jesus Christ eat and drink. They were washing. that showed that they were watching him closely. They knew everything that is happening about him. They want to see whether he breaks any law. Because the Pharisees and Sadducees they believe that we understand the law. So closely they were monitoring him. They want to trap him. That okay, once we trap you with one law, that they will be able to arrest him. But there was no way. Luke 6 7. So the scribe and Pharisees watched him closely whether he will heal on Sabbath. That they might find an accusation against him. When the spirit of God lives in you, when the spirit of God directs you, when your enemies set trap, you will walk over it freely, and nothing will happen. Amen. Amen? Amen. So later on, the religious leaders they were lying in waiting; they were waiting for him. At least this man just do something, so that they might say that yes, we got him. When you see Luke eleven, I'm starting from that so that you can understand how they have been following Jesus Christ. Luke eleven fifty four. Luke eleven fifty four, lying in waiting for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say that they might accuse him. Of course, they all failed. But despite all this, the opposition keep increasing. The opposition keep increasing until the day that led to the day of celebration of Passover. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they have done so many things to see whether they can discredit this man. But they couldn't. So all these are the attempt to get rid of him. All these are the attempt to kill him. In fact, Luke noted that the sheep priests and scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. When you read further to Luke 19, Verse 47. You will see that there. The sheep priest and the scribe and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. Why? Even just for him bringing back Lazarus, back to life. That is enough for them to say, no, we need this man on this world. We need this man. But all their plans, we to get rid of him and kill him. Then it clam- the, the, the clamors of that is in Luke 22a. And the sheep priest and the scribe were seeking out to put him to death. Now, this is where they, it came out from them that, yes, we must kill him. And the reason is that they could not simply just arrest him. They cannot. They can't just simply arrest him. Why? Because they fear people. The city of Jerusalem was full with people. People that came for Passover. If you read 22, verse 2b, they fear the people. When you become famous and popular, everybody will know you. And everybody will love you. But at times, don't think everybody also loves you. Don't think that it's like a mosquito that have just flew out and came back and told the mother, oh, this is my first time of fleeing out today. Everybody was clapping for me. (laughs) Don't think that everyone that smiles at you loves you. This was how they appear closer to Jesus Christ. Amen. But the crowd, they love him. They like him. And the religious leader, they were afraid, they scared that if we should get this man arrested, what do you think will happen? People will protest. There will be riots. Like we say in Nigeria. We no go greed, we no go greed. You will see that kind of thing that we are not going to accept. You must release this man. So, the religious leader, they knew that there will be trouble, there will be protest, there will be chaos, there will be riots. And when that happened, the Roman's leader, we get rid of them as well. We, We call them, we summon them. Why are you creating chaos in the city? So, because of this, they were disturbed. But their plan is that we must kill him. But when the time is not up to, can they kill him? No, they cannot. Now, let's move further. We just talked about the attempt to kill him. Now, let's look at the agreement to kill Jesus. Verse 2 to 6, or verse 3 to 6. Let's examine the agreement to kill Jesus in those uh, three chapters, or four chapters rather. Because the religious leader feared the people and they did not want to cause any riots, they were not able to find a way to kill Jesus. But then, out of the blues, Judas, one of the disciples of Apostle, came to the religious leader and offered to betray them, to betray Jesus and hand him over to them. Let's read that 3 to 6. Luke 22.
2: Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains, how he might betray him to them and they were glad and agreed to give him money so he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude
0: praise the lord there are two reasons here for jesus or for judas willing to get jesus killed two reasons for him willing to betray jesus christ To the religious leader. The first one is. Diabolical reason. That is devilish reason. There was a devilish reason. For him. To hand over him to. The Pharisees. This is a demonic reason. He was in agreement with them. To kill Jesus. Look at verse 3. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. Although Luke didn't elaborate what is meant by, Satan enter into Judas. But let me try to say something here. An idol's, an idol's mind is what? Devil's workshop. Devil's workshop. If you are too idle, if you are too cold, the devil will find his way into your heart. That is exactly what happened. Even though Luke was not telling you, telling me and you what he meant by Satan enter into him. But we can suggest that the spirit, the devil spirit of Satan, went inside his heart and jeered him up. Right? If you look at John 13.2, Judas appeared to be somebody that is idle. And it reads, And supper being ended, the devil, devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Just the way the Pharisees and Sadducees were looking for the way to kill Jesus. Again, the devil also followed him. Follow Judas that you must take action. You must take action. In John 13, 27, again. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Jesus Christ himself was aware that devil was following him. If you watch Passion of Jesus Christ, you will see the devil, how he was moving. Moving. So, what are we saying here? Judas came under the control of spiritual image of evil. Under the control, spiritual image of Satan. Although, Satan was the motivator, but who is responsible? Who is responsible? Judas. That is why you see so many people, they will commit so, some sin, and when police arrest them, it, I'm sorry, sir, it is work of devil. Why do you allow devil to use you? Why do you give devil chance? Judas was very close to Jesus Christ. So if the enemy within the family is not in agreement with the enemy outside, it will be difficult for the enemy to capture the family head. But the moment an enemy within, say, don't worry, this is where I sleep, and this is where the head will face. From the window, you can attack him. If there's no enemy within, it's difficult. That's why the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were finding it difficult to, get this man killed. David said in Psalm 41 verse 9. Psalm 41 verse 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, he lifted up his heel against me. It's a lesson for us. So the second step in the plot to kill Jesus was betrayal by one of his disciples. Judas allowed himself to be chosen by devil. And if you see the story, he followed Jesus right from the beginning of his ministry. And he had every message that Jesus Christ has given out. He was aware of every healing that Jesus Christ has done. That alone is enough to for him to know that if I should plot against this man with the kind of spirit that dwells in him, he will know. Was Jesus aware? Yes, he was aware. Because he has seen Jesus raise the dead. He has saw Jesus exercising his power. Even over the nation. Jesus commanded the storm, be still. And the cyclone cease. This is enough for Judas to know that, yes, I should not allow devil to use me. He also has seen how Jesus Christ exercised his authority over sin, forgiving people. Praise the Lord. Even over demons, Jesus exercised his power over them. There's no difference between Peter, James, John, and the rest of apostles. And Judas is carrot. In fact, when you look at the story, you will discover that Judas seemed to be on the higher side. Why am I saying this? He was in charge of finance. Before you can put somebody in charge of your finance, it must be somebody you trusted. Right? If you don't trust anybody, you will not put him in charge of the finance. I can call him the minister of finance or the director of finance to the ministry of Jesus Christ. So he had a very good responsibility within the disciples. He's such a person that was trustworthy. But we're only looking at outward appearance. Jesus, Judas was committed follower of Jesus. And yes, he turned out to be one of betrayer. That's one of his one of his betrayers. He delivered him, the Son of God, into the hand of men. Now, to you. How are you betraying Jesus? With your character? How are you assassinating him? with your behavior. We might be doing some things as well that, that is going in line with what Judas has done. It's your compromising attitude, handing him over to his enemy. If you are the type that compromise, your behavior definitely it's not too far from that of Judas. In 2 Corinthians 13.5 Paul was telling the church of Corinth He urged them, examine yourself. I'm also telling you this afternoon. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Test yourself. A true Christian is united to Jesus by grace. A true Christian is united through faith with Jesus Christ. Satan of course we tempt. He will tempt. Every Christian, Satan will tempt you. But you need the spirit of God. You need the power of God to guide and lead you. Sometimes Christians also fall prey. To temptation of Satan. But when the spirit of God lives in you, you'll be able to withstand it. That is why from time to time, keep asking, keep praying that God empower me with your spirit. Who else we can say deny Jesus? Peter also denied. But there is a difference between Peter and Judas. Why Peter... Repented Judas never repented He killed himself He hung himself So Let's look at the other reason Apart from the devilish Or diabolical reason Why uh, Judas Was willing to betray Jesus A financial Inducement A financial what? What? financial inducement is happening today as well many people we call ourselves men of god let money get involved people will change put more people in charge of money when i say in charge of money i'm not talking of 1000 rials put people in charge of 100,000 rials just put them in charge That, okay, you spend and give receipt and everything. You will be discouraged. Financial improvement. Verse 4. Luke 22, verse 4. Brother? So, we read from verse 4 to 6 now. So, he went his way and confirmed with the sheep priests and captains, How he might betray him to them. Verse 5. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Now, solution has come. The Pharisees, they were afraid of the multitude. Somebody has just come from nowhere. Agree to betray him in the absence of the multitude. So, the point number two here is that apart apart from the diabolical reason, the second reason is that there was a financial reason. So, at a particular point, Judas went to meet the leaders. That means it was during that Passover. He confided in them, he agreed with them. How he might betray Jesus to them. And logically, what do you think they will happen? They will be glad. They will be happy that, yes, where we want to plant mango, mango suddenly germinates. All they need to do is to water it so that they follow it up. They were very glad. It was a breakthrough for them, for these people. It was a breakthrough. Because unexpectedly they find solution to what has been troubling them. And this is going to happen away from the crowd. It's going to happen away from the crowd. So the religious leader. So the religious leader agreed to give Judas money. How much? Luke never never mentioned the amount. Luke never mentioned that amount. But let's go to Matthew. Matthew 26. Matthew confirmed that that amount to be 30 pieces of sliver. Matthew 26, verse 15. And said, What are you willing to give me? He now make request. Luke did not record it that way, he made request. What are you willing to give me? me? And they do what? He, he said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? There is condition, there is request. And they counted out to him 30 pieces of sliver. Now, I don't know, maybe that is, he is very cheap or too costly. They did not even price him. Quickly, they counted out 30 pieces of sliver and gave it to him. And what happened? He agreed. Now, he sought for the opportunity to betray him to them. That is in the absence of the crowd. What is the danger here? The danger here for his love of money. We see what money can do. The power of love of money. Praise the Lord There's nothing sinful about Money It is the love For money That is the problem You may be a poor person You have love for money That means you will look for money In any way You still remain poor Somebody might be rich He's still looking for Way of getting money The love for money is the problem. Let's see how Paul described this to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is root of all kind of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrow. How true was this to Judas. In fact, Apostle John said that even though Jesus was in charge of the group finance, that he was actually a thief. Sometimes when you want to keep your things, you can give it to a thief to keep for you. You know that he's a thief. Just keep it with him. He will not get lost. It is when you keep it away from him that we look for wealth taking it. Now you have put him in charge. Six days before the Passover, Jesus Christ was at the home of Lazarus. Mattas and Mary. During the dinner in their home, Mary anointed Jesus' feet with an expensive ointment. What did uh, Judas said? He said he should have sold it and give the money to poor. But did he really mean that? Let's look at John 12:6. John
2: 12:6 said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it.
0: Can you imagine? It's not that he has the love. For the poor, John confirmed that he was a thief. As we mark the death of Jesus Christ, we need to watch and pray against the love of money. It is not just dangerous to those that are rich, even to the poor as well. It is dangerous to them. Praise the Lord. Let's see what Hebrew says in Hebrew 13, verse 5
2: to 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have.
0: Whatever you have, be contented with it.
2: For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper I will not fear What can man do to me
0: It is the blessing of God that maketh rich He has promised not not to leave you Don't use your character to kill Jesus Don't use your behavior to betray him Don't use your attitude to deliver him Praise God. So today is Good Friday. We all know that. As per the when God sent his only begotten son to this world, it is sure that He's going to die. So why are they after him? Why are they plotting against him? All they need to do is to relax. Just relax. Allow that day to come. Let's see what 1 John 2, 2 says. 1 John 2, 2, it says, He is the atoning sacrifice to our sin, and not only for ours, but for all sins of the, world, of the whole world. The good news bible put it this way. That's 1 John 2:2. 2, 2. And Christ himself is the mean by which our sins are forgiven, and not our sin only, but also for everyone, including those scribes and the Pharisees. They were all part of the one that Jesus was coming to deliver. Finally, he was killed, he was nailed. But why should we go through the cross? The death on the cross. The cross was a way for God to turn down his wrath over us. It's a way to turn it down. If you look at Romans 3, 25. Romans 3, 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice showed that God was being feared when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past. So, Jesus Christ was presented as the real meaningful substitute for the punishment of our sins. In 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians, 5.21, the Bible says, Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God make him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. Just like in the Old Testament, innocent lambs have been killed to offer a sacrifice. Jesus Christ was killed and offered a sacrifice. On your behalf and on my behalf. And that is what we are still saying today. There's this story that was told of a, a nine years old boy. A nine years old boy who was sitting at his desk in school when all of a sudden there's a pool between his leg and the front of his pants are wet. He thinks his heart is going to stop beating because he knows if his colleagues find out, the boys when if the boys should find out he will never hear end of it they will mess him up not to talk of the guests if the guests will hear that he passed urine in his pants they will never want to talk to him again this boy just put his head down and pray this prayer dear god this is an emergency i need help now Five minutes from now, we'll be too late," the boy prayed. "I need your help immediately. Again, this is an emergency." By the time he looked up, the teacher was walking directly to him, and the teacher was looking at him. She was looking at this boy with his eyes. "Oh," then he thought, "I've been discovered. I've been discovered." So he thought the teacher was coming to slash him up and say, stand up. Why are you facing down? But one of his classmates was coming with a bowl of water. She was coming with a bowl of water. Suddenly she stumbled and threw the water on top of him. The boy said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer in an emergency way so now rather than being the object of ridicule he became the object of sympathy because all other ones they were ready to help him they started oh that they have pity on him even the teacher himself herself took him out get some pants from the gym for him to dress up so that the school pants can get dry up. So by the time he came back, he found out that everybody was mopping the ground. Just like when we do the baptism here. You see people cleaning the, mopping the ground. Everybody in the class, they were mopping the ground. Then, the girl that threw water on her, or him, I rather, wanted to help. They said, no, 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 we've had enough from you. Please, see how you mess him up. So, the boy received sympathy, the girl received the book. She was ridiculed that he has messed the boy up. As long as she tried to help, they started mocking her. You have done enough, back off. So, at the end of the day, when the school closed, they were just at the bus stop. The boy walked down to the girl and said, Mercy, that is the girl's name. You did that on purpose, didn't you? And the girl whispered, I wet my pant once too. (laughs) So he whispered that she has wet her pant once. What is the summary here? Just as Mercy took the little boy's shame and ridicule. That is how Jesus Christ took your shame and my shame. You wet your pants. He took the ridicule. He took the mess. You took the glory. Praise the Lord. On this day, Jesus Christ stood as the substitute for your shame and my shame. How is your attitude killing him? How is your character betraying him? Jesus went to the cross as if he lived your life. So that God could treat you as if you live his. Jesus' suffering appeased God's wrath right against him. The cross was God's way of offering forgiveness. Ephesians 1, 6-7 the cross was God's way of offering forgiveness. Ephesians 1, 6 to 7. I'm reading from Good News. Let us praise God for his glorious grace. For the free gift he gave us in his dear son. For by the blood of Christ we are set free. This is our sin. This is his. Our sins are forgiven. How great is God? How is the grace of God? So the death of Jesus Christ on the cross has declared the good news for us. That your sins, my sins, have been what? Have been forgiven. That is the good news. Here is another good news. Paul said in the Acts, Acts 13. Acts 13, verse 38 to 39. Act 13. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this, man is preached to you for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 39. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. So, the death of of Jesus Christ on the cross has caused forgiveness in our life. And I believe that God will forgive us completely in Jesus' name. And that diabolic reason that is pushing us back, that God Almighty will take them away in Jesus' name. The death on the cross was God's way of restoring holiness. Hebrew 13, 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffer outside of the gate. So Jesus also suffered to make people holy through his own blood. He shed his blood for you and me to be clean and to be free. From all sorts of sin. So the cross was a good way of showing us the depth love of God. His death on the cross today is showing us the depth of God's love in our life. Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. All. In that, while we still sinner, Christ died for our sin. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Are we sleeping? For God so loved the world that shall not praise the Lord. We are going to have eternal life in Jesus' name we shall not perish in the mighty name of Jesus. You see the beauty of today's promise of the week. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our grief and carry our sorrow. Let's, brother, can you read that for me? Isaiah 53 verse 4.
2: Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted.
0: Smitten by God does it mean God coordinated the pain and suffering of on his only son? Why? Why should God do this? The answer is also there. Verse 5 and 6.
2: But he was wounded for our transgression. He was wounded
0: for our transgression.
2: He was bruised for our iniquities. He
0: was bruised for our iniquities.
2: The chastisement for that our peace. That is the
0: punishment for our peace. Yeah, read on.
2: Was upon him.
0: Was upon him.
2: And by his stripes we are healed.
0: By his stripes you are healed. Amen. That is the truth. By his stripes you are set free. Jesus has set you free. Nobody can bind you again. Nobody can restrict you again. He has set you free. That's why he died so many years ago. And we are celebrating it today. So Jesus bore the mental and physical pain on our behalf. And a suffering of atonement for our sin and the entire humanity. In verse 12 of that Isaiah, verse 12. He poured his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressor yet he bore the sin of many and make intercession for the transgressors. Did you catch that? If you don't catch it, go and read it at at your own time. Read with many versions. So Jesus went through all that for you and me. He suffered and died for our sorrows and sins. So everything you and I ever done wrong was placed on Jesus Christ. The saddest thing is that many of us will reject him So sad We reject him In conclusion Just as Paul wrote to the church At Corinth And he urged them to examine yourself I'm also encouraging you Examine yourself To see whether you are in faith Test yourself We should examine ourselves to see actually whether we are in the faith. Where do you stand in your relationship with Jesus? Do you associate with him? Do you really in line with his death on the cross of Calvary? How deep are you in sin? I invite you to repent of your sin, and put your trust only in Jesus Christ. Only him, only through him, you can have the peace. You need to repent. Don't nail him to the cross every seconds. Don't nail him with the cross every minute, every hour, every day. Don't nail him to the cross with your behaviors and character. Tomorrow may be too late. Accept him now. May God bless his word.
1: Shall we stand as we close this service? The plot to kill Jesus might have been hatched by men, but the plot was predetermined by God. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, and let me read it quickly before we wind up. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him, being delivered by the determined purpose and knowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death could not hold Jesus. Death shall not hold you. Thank God right now for what you have heard. It's a reminder, it's a story we all know very well, but has it had an impact in your life? Just say, thank you, God, for what you have done. Thank you, God, that you hung on that cross, taking away my sin. But thank you, Lord, that you defeated sin and rose up alive, that I might live. Just say, thank you, God. It's for you to say, thank you, God. It's for me to say thank you, God. I cannot say it for you. You cannot say it for me. Don't make Jesus' death in vain. Church, it's up to us. Do we want to thank God? Or do we think that this is just a day in the calendar? The day that the Christians celebrate as Easter, Good Friday, Easter. Or does it have something else? Talk to God. 30 seconds. That's all the time that we have now. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Father, it is with gratitude in our hearts that we come to you. Grateful, Lord Father. And the only words we can keep on uttering is, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For Lord, if you had not hung on that cross, where would we be? Father God, today we have that joy, we have that knowledge, we have that victory in our lives, Lord Father, because of what you did on that cross. And Father God, we do not take it for granted. We do not want to be casual about it. But truly we want to say, Father, we are thankful. And Father God, even as we read your words this day, Lord Father, even as we saw the machinations of men plotting to do different things against you, even as the devil put seeds in the minds of people, yet, Father, it was your predetermined plan to save every one of us, Lord. And, Father, for that we are grateful because you have always thought about us. Father, we thank you this day. Thank you, Father, for your minister whom you used this day, Lord, Father, to bring across to remind us once again, Lord, Father, of these words, of this truth that we have just heard. Pray, Lord, that you will continue to anoint him, bless him and his family, Lord, that they shall continue to be a blessing unto us, Lord. Father, we commit every one of us into your hands, Lord. That as we go this day, Lord, Father, we will remember that for each of us, this is a very special day. This is a day when we are reminded that blood was shed so that I could live. We thank you, Lord. Father, be with us as we continue to meditate on these thoughts. And bring us back on Sunday morning. To celebrate your victory, Lord Father, we give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.